0: You're listening to Satellite Sisters.
1: What's a Satellite Sister? The person you call when the best thing in your life happens or the worst. The person that gets you up, gets you going, and gets you through. And every once in a while, changes your mind. This podcast is part pep talk,
2: part weekly check in. Like grabbing coffee with a friend. Thanks for being here. Welcome to the Satellite Sisterhood.
1: Welcome to Satellite Sisters. I'm Leanne Dolan in Los Angeles. I'm a writer. I'm producer, and I'm just happy to be here today with my big sisters, Julie and Liz. Liz, what's Getting happening? Getting in the holiday spirit yeah. here, I'm Leanne.
2: I'm Liz Dolan. We're here in the Wondery Sunset Studios in West Hollywood, but I live in Santa Monica, the other end of town from Lian. I'm an on-again, off-again corporate executive, but mainly mainly a podcaster. Yeah, that's what I do. Joel?
0: Hey, I'm Julie Dolan. <laughs> I'm the oldest sister. I'm back from Brooklyn. Where can I just say that there's still way too much kale in Brooklyn? Okay, I know I digress, <laughs> but I'm a podcaster and emperator. Empty nester, an urban nana with five grandchildren, and I got a new furry friend over here named Oliver. How's Aww, the puppy doing, Joel? Uh, the puppy is good. The puppy is good. My training still could a little needs improvement. I, I want to just cave in, let him like jump on the couch and jump on the bed and do all the bad things. So it's it's all I can do because his cuteness is overwhelming. Yeah.
1: <laughs> all right. Today on the show we have a guest coming into the studio, which is exciting. This is rare. Just in time for your holiday entertaining, we have cookbook author and recipe developer Claire Tanzi. Her new book is called Uncomplicated, Taking the Stress Out of Home Cooking. We're excited to meet Claire and have her here. She's going to tell us what to make yeah. for some of those big meals that happen over the holidays and we're going to get beautiful some book. other tips from her. It you is can do this, book. people.
2: Yeah, Even you- I could do most of these. <laughs> You
1: could
2: <laughs> some of it some of it Liz. yeah
1: all right we have an entertaining sisters today i saw a great movie on netflix i'm going to tell you about it goes with the, along with the book so i've got that and i'm going to preview the new jennifer lopez film second act oh
0: i can't i can't wait to hear about yeah. that Yeah, julie you have the color of the year for us and it is i mean this is so wow i can't i can't even wait to tell you about the color of the year 2019 <laughs> it's such exciting news okay
1: And we're going to pay a tribute to Dr. P. M. Forney. He was a longtime guest on Satellite Sisters. He's recently passed away. He was a master of civility, a college professor who uh, really... Felt so deeply about civility and speaking kindly to one another. He shared many wonderful thoughts with us on Satellite Sisters. Julie, you had a special relationship with Dr. P. M. Forney, so you're going to lead our tribute to Dr. Forney uh, later on in the show. But first, Liz, what's happening? Yeah.
2: What's what's I, have, with- I have bad <laughs> news about my right butt cheek, sisters. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but cheek bag news yeah what's what's going on well well
0: to back up for
2: those of you that are up or down (laughs) as the case may be yeah so i've been in training in general as part of operation sea turtle which is just my basic health and wellness program but also because julie and i have an epic athletic adventure planned for 2019 so i thought got to get myself in shape uh And several months ago, I kind of did something to myself. I thought it was a hamstring situation. Uh, And then I thought it was my ankle. But I went to a physical therapist, and she said the problem was my glute, that my right glute is not firing, Mm -hmm. as they say. And there's also a non-medical term for this. Longtime satellite sister Kathy Douglas said she had the same situation when she was training to climb Mount Kilimanjaro. She calls it asnesia. When you're <laughs> really when part of your butt forgets to do what it's supposed to do, which is that's what was really happening. Um, uh, anyway, so I've been going to physical therapy. Okay, I, I'm just taking that in,
1: <laughs> taking that term. You in. should write
2: that down, Leah. No, no, nope, that... nope. gonna let it go, Jewel. Taking it in, letting it go. So I've been, uh, comedy, my physical therapist gave me some prescribed exercises, been doing the clamshells, been doing the bridges. And um, things were really going well. I was Things were feeling better all over my body. And last week, she suggested walking backwards, which I mentioned on the show. And many of you spend time walking backwards, as I could see in the Facebook group. So this Saturday... I was doing my usual stretching on the mat. You know, I kind of warm up and I do a lot of these exercises she gave me. I also bumped into our satellite sister, Francie, which was fun. (laughs) Long time (laughs) listener, Francie. So we had a little chat. And then I went to my usual body sculpting class. Mm -hmm. Um, And the physical therapist had already told me, lay off things like lunges. Those would not be good for me right now. So it was all good. But then in the course of the afternoon, everything on the right side of my body, below my waist, started to re- really tighten up. And at first, it just felt like it was tweaked. But I had theater plans for Saturday night. And that, here's where things really went wrong. Because I was going to a very small theater to see Brian Dennehy, you know, who's great, perform mm-hmm. two short one-act plays. The first was called Huey. That's by Eugene O'Neill. And the second, by Samuel Beckett, is called Crap's Last Tape. So
0: not exactly holiday hilarity, no. (laughs) No, no. It sounds like there would be a natural tightening of the butt cheeks while watching those theater productions.
2: Exactly, Julie. You know, Samuel Beckett is heavy going in the best of circumstances, but Brian Dennehy alone in a very small theater doing this. I thought, okay, totally worth it. So during the play, I really just started to ache. I was fidgeting, and I really, really wanted to stand up. And it was a small house, and there was room right next to me where I could have stood up and just leaned against the wall. But I was afraid that if I did and just stood there, that he would notice, because I was only like 10 feet from Brian Denny. And that I would become internet famous by, you know, Brian Dennehy calling me out and someone <laughs> capturing it on phone. Right. Like, did you notice last week this happened to Kanye at the Share Show? Yes. Yeah. Kanye was looking at his phone, and one of the actors in the play called him out on Twitter, like during the intermission.
0: Anyway, or they, I, they could have thought you were part of the production, Liz. Even worse. Just and, the whole uh... thing just
2: seemed so. I I suffered through it. I had to look up the play Uh, craps last tape when i got home because i had no idea what had happened because i mean again beckett is hard anyway but I was so not focused on what was happening on the stage. Anyway, I, I survived that and I was uh, worse the next day. So Sunday I tried to loosen up, blah, blah, blah. And I've been planning to go out Sunday night. There's a theater in my neighborhood that plays uh, old movies. So I was going to see The Big Lebowski because I haven't seen it since it originally came out. And I thought that would be a mood lifter, you yeah, know, sort sure. of the opposite of O'Neill and Beckett. But there was, I was in so much pain that instead, I figured out that The Big Lebowski is also on Netflix. Netflix, yes. Anyway. <laughs> so, so so I spent Sunday night just laying flat on the floor oh, Liz. in front of my gas fireplace. It was very cozy. So flat on the floor, head propped up slightly. Of course, Hooper is licking my face because he's a licker. <laughs> and watching The Big Lebowski, I'm like, okay, this is really not good. But I knew that Monday... I already had my physical therapy appointment. So uh, I went in. I told comedy like last night I was in so much pain that I was watching The Big Lebowski laying on the floor. And she said, what's, what's that? Like, and I thought, if you want to feel a million years old, have someone say to you, a medical provider say, I've never heard of The Big Lebowski. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so this is not helping my mood. Anyway, turns out what I have, she thinks, is a paraforma. Strain is that mm-hmm. the right word, Leon? Yeah, you said in yoga, they're in const- yoga.
1: We're constantly stretching our piriformis. Yeah, yeah, that's in the hip.
2: Yeah, and we, but you know what felt great today? Driving to work, I fired up those seat heaters. Oh yeah, they're the best.
1: <laughs> Liz, <laughs> They are the good. I
0: mean, I do it every time I play tennis before I go to, for you know any ten kind of tennis match before and after. Really, it's part of my training. Yeah, you got to add you, that to your speaking of operations. feelings.
1: Yeah, speaking of old, yeah, feeling old, yeah. No, when you love your seat heater so much, you think of reasons to drive around in your car. Yes, sorry, sorry, Joel, I didn't mean to cut you off. Sorry. No, that's true, Leon.
2: So, but I went from the seat heater, which felt great, to now, Leon can attest, I'm sitting on a ice pack, Julie, because yeah. you know, just treating that glute at all times. So. I've got some uh, stretches I need to do but no lunges are allowed, no steps are allowed, and the walk she actually thinks that maybe the walking backwards caused the problem oh. because I was doing it on an elliptical. She said if your feet are even slightly turned out and you did too much of it, that might have done that. So, yeah, I'm not going to walk backwards anymore. No. That was I knew that was a bad idea. Yeah. So, um so the big te- <laughs> the big test is going to be this Sunday though because this Sunday, Leon, you and I and your son, Colin, we're going to the theater again. Yes, we are. Julia, your recommendation, we got tickets to see Come From Away.
0: Oh, I'm so happy. Uh, you know, I know you'll enjoy it. I, I know you'll really enjoy it. If you can sit through if it. If I can sit through There's it. There's no intermission, Liz. It's oh, that's good. It's 90 minutes. Okay, oh, well, so. maybe that's
2: good. I don't know.
0: I don't know. I don't know if you can if you can handle it. I hope, yeah, bring your ice packs, uh, you know, <laughs> <laughs> whatever. So I'm. Here's a fingers crossed is that I'll be stretching all week,
2: and then the uplifting musical, as opposed to this sort of downbeat. Oh my God, life is terrible. Would I, would actually by the time I come out of the theater Sunday night, I'll be cured. That's my goal. Yeah, there you go. More on this next week, but that's the right butt cheek, right butt cheek report for today. Okay, well I'll we'll tell leave. you this.
1: I'm not gonna be massaging your glute halfway <laughs> through that play. Don't don't look to me to provide any medical care.
0: <laughs> I never would, Leanne. I promise you. Oh, well, I do hope you feel better, Liz. That's a t te- you know, that's terrible to have a strain. Take it easy. Rest yeah, and relax. I will. Um You know, it is with really heavy hearts that we wanted to um, take note of the passing of Dr. P.M. Forney. Uh, As Leon said, he was professor and co-founder of the Johns Hopkins Civility Project. He's author of two great books, Choosing Civility, 25 Rules of Considerate Conduct, and The Civility Solution. But he is most beloved here at Satellite Sisters because he was the satellite sister Envoy of civility for many years. You know, he was on our radio show. He would come on each week to talk about civility um, and use examples from his book and use examples from our lives. You know, I mean, if you haven't, if you don't know these books, I, I can't think of really a more perfect holiday gift this year. <laughs> I really can't. Choosing Civility: Twenty Five Rules of Considerate Conduct. It's a very short book. Um, but without a doubt, I, it's one of the most important books I've ever read. Um, and The Civility Solution, his book, uh, you know, his second book, which is, I can still hear Dr. Forney say, you know, you, you need to be kind and not be rude, but you don't have to be a doormat. Mm-hmm. And The Civility Solution was how to deal with difficult situations in your personal life, in your professional life. You know, and he did all of this. You know, if you look at choosing civility, he wanted to, he wanted to write about civility because it really was about kindness. That's what the book was about. He wanted people to make, to put civility in their life, to have it be a central concern. Because if we did that, he wrote that it would, you would lead to a a good, successful and serene life. Mm-hmm. How about that? Mm-hmm. You know?
2: Yeah. He was such Uh, a pleasure to talk to every week. And the fact that he was a professor of Italian literature at Johns Hopkins meant he also had an awesome Italian accent,
0: which was really nice. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, there, and there's so many things, I mean, I have, I have gone to that book so many times and I've recommended it to so many people, but one of my favorite rules of the 25 rules is rule number two, acknowledge others. And I can remember, remember Dr. Forney gave us a very simple example, something that he asked us to practice each week. He said, Wherever you go, whether you're going into a grocery store, a coffee shop, a restaurant, you know, uh, you know, you're at the airport, and someone is providing you with some basic service, take the time to look the person in the eye, to acknowledge them, and to stop and thank them for what they're doing, uh, mm-hmm. and. And it was, you know, it's something. You know, we have so many people that come and go, and you're, you know, you're particularly this time of year where you're, you know, you're rushing into the post office or the UPS store or wherever, you know, just to take the time to acknowledge others. I love that. Yeah, you know. Yeah. It's easy he to forget. It's easy to forget.
2: Go ahead, Liz. It's just easy to forget that, they you know, you just think of it as a transaction, but it is a person. And we have so many service people in our lives. And these my work at parties, I like to talk about other things. So I try to give other
1: people the benefit of that doubt. So those were just two small things and they're conversational, but they stuck with me over the years. Like, yeah, that's just a higher sure. level of sort of. As you say, Julie, dignity and respecting people, you know, there are boundaries and barriers and, you know, other Mm -hmm. things to talk about besides sort of practical matters. Mm -hmm. So I appreciated that.
0: Well, And Liz, I know that, Liz, you have really adopted uh, something that Dr. Forney uh, always said on the show as your personal and professional mantra.
2: It's true, Julie. And I try to give him credit all the time for teaching me this. He said, I forget whether it was his definition of civility or what our goals should be just as we move through the world. He said you should always try to be calm, kind, and strong. And that just really struck me as a person, but then also in a professional environment, I thought, yeah, if you can pull that off, that is really a great way to be a leader, a great way to be a coworker. But I moved the word strong to the front for, yeah. for work purposes. So I always say my goal hey with us. Claire Tanzi is with us.
1: We are so happy to welcome to Satellite Sisters Claire Tanzi. She's a chef, a teacher, the former food director at Châtelain. Magazine, am I pronouncing that correctly? You could just say Chatelaine. <laughs> Chatelaine. Chatelaine. Well, so you're Canadian. That's the official pronunciation? Yes. <laughs> okay. Claire focuses now on inspiring home cooks with easy, fun, and delicious recipes. And we're really happy to be uh, welcoming her to talk about her new beautiful cookbook, Uncomplicated Taking the Stress Out of Home Cooking. Welcome to Satellites. I am Claire. so
3: thrilled to be here. I'm quaking. I'm so excited. <laughs>
2: But, you know, you have been listening for a long
3: time. I'm a long time listener, first yeah. time visitor.
1: Yeah, Yeah. it's <laughs> yeah. exciting. And I don't usually make friends over Twitter, but we we <laughs> no,
0: not at all. <laughs> <yeah>. Oh, sorry.
3: <laughs> no, jump in, Joel. We right. had to we had to share our love of the of the loss of cooking light. We did. That's when sad. we bonded. When I saw the farewell issue, like if it says the farewell issue, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm gonna cry. Yeah, uh, well, that's no. what brought you together. Yes, that yes. was it. It was I, the loss of cooking light. Yes, yeah. uh,
1: as we realized, we had similar palettes now. Uh-huh. Of course, Claire is a whole book to prove that, and I. <laughs> but you read the book, I've read the book, and you made things from the book. Many of the recipes, mm. because this is actually the food I like to eat. Oh, I that's mean, great! Yeah, we have it's delicious food. You put the steps in it that you need to put to make it delicious. Yeah, it's not all one pot. You know, throw everything
3: in a pot just because it's
2: uncomplicated.
3: No, and I mean, it's like... (laughs) (laughs) I just want to make that clear. No, Lynn did tell me it might be too complicated for me. Well, (laughs) wait till you hear the title of my next book. No. Um, It's, you know what, I always think that I've been in the business for, I've been in the food business for 20 years uh, plus. I've stopped counting at 20. Uh, And so if there's a step that you can skip or if there's like an ingredient you can add to really up the game of the recipe, I figured it out and we've done that. You uh, know, I wanted to start a little bit with your food philosophy before yeah. we talk about it. you have some great tips
1: for holiday entertaining. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm just going to preview one, which is dim the
3: lights.
0: (laughs) That's the best suggestion I've ever heard.
3: It's so good. That's an old restaurant trick. You know, you think, you know, why are restaurants so lovely, all that candlelight, dim lighting? Well, it's so that the (laughs) chefs don't have to be that precise. Right. Or the
1: cleaning doesn't have to be that precise. cleaning doesn't have to be that precise. In my home, I'm down with that.
3: (laughs) But, you know, how did you develop your food philosophy? I grew up in a family that loved to eat. Um, and so I think for us, it was just like, well, we were expected home for dinner every single night, and we sat around the table, and, you know, it was a home-cooked meal, whether you liked it or not, and we were expected to make polite conversation with each other um, with the occasional shoving of elbows underneath sure. the table, right? Right, um, yeah. Right, of course, we, you know, brothers and sisters, um, and I— every single family celebration was based on food. So with my aunts and uncles, my grandmother, it was like, okay, what are we doing for Easter? What are we doing for Thanksgiving? Should we add another ham? Should we, all that stuff. So the food. The <laughs> you food, did
0: mention ham, Claire.
3: There's okay, a lot of ham. Good.
0: Listen, ham can, is We could bond on that too because our so family
3: glad. usually travels with ham. Yeah, so ham. Uh, you know, carry on. Because yes. heaven forbid there not be enough food. Yeah, I no. mean, that is, we would all die. I'm yeah. sure. We would all just <laughs> die. <Shrivel> up. <laughs> that's right. But it's just such a source of joy in my own family. And I really wanted to, you know, obviously continue that in my own life. I have a husband. I have a little six-year-old. Um, so I just really wanted to keep that uncomplicated uh, joy of cooking in my life and share that with everyone.
1: You know, did you
3: go to cooking school? I did not. Um, okay. I did. I'm mostly self-taught, and I did an apprenticeship. I, of course, have a master's degree in theater. Oh, uh, of course, course. you did. Yeah. <laughs> Of course. <laughs> but I worked on the side in restaurants the whole time, putting mm-hmm. myself through school. And then I was like, well, how can I put these two things together, like all the years of schooling and education um, and my love of and experience with food? So here we
1: are. So how do you become a recipe developer? Because I think it's one of those things people think it sounds like a dream job. (laughs) It is often portrayed in the Hallmark Christmas movies. The main character is often
3: (laughs) a recipe or cookbook author. Or a food critic, (laughs) also good. So but how does it really work? Like Oh, it's such a good question because when I I really wanted to figure out how to connect the food aspect of it with the kind of deep research that I love to do okay. and figuring out how stuff works, right? So how, how do you make a turkey easier to prepare? How do you make sure that it's always going to be cooked? And then how do you translate that into words that somebody a thousand, a million miles away can read and then reproduce in the same way in his or her kitchen in the same way that you did in yours? So, so part of
2: that is... Food science, right? The Most sort of definitely. chemistry of what the cooking process is.
3: And also just reading every other recipe about turkey and about every other thing. So just reading and then trying stuff out at home. Um, and when I w- worked in the magazine business, I actually had a test kitchen. So I had yeah. a, a team of recipe developers and we would work on stuff and try stuff out. And can you melt ice cream and then use that liquid to turn it into a recipe for scones? Oh, What's the answer to that? You really? can, but <laughs> it's not very good. <laughs> so answer. I, have, I have been there. I have done that. Don't do it. You don't have to do it. So it's all that trial and error and making, uh, yeah, just just really, I guess that's it. It's trial and error. And then through the process of actually writing the recipe um, and then, you know, trying to ask people to make it at home and see if it works as well for them. And you figure out what people need to know, and what words in recipes really are important. Oh, uh, yeah, know, right. That's, it, that, Claire, that seems key. I mean, because you do get annoyed with
0: recipes, oh, yeah. when they mention something or they fail to mention it, or they don't give it to give it to you in the order in which you really need to know that information. like Precisely. Oh, that would be.:
3: It's annoying, yeah. and I must say as a recipe developer, the thing you're trying to avoid at all costs is your reader being annoyed with you. Yeah. yeah. So, right?
1: <laughs> yes. Well, to be honest, like you know, podcasters don't have that standard. <laughs> just, I'm going to say Mars Capone just to annoy one <laughs> of our listeners. Okay.
3: Okay. We're not going to get into a fight about that today.
1: <laughs> I'm from New England. We put ours in places that's they right. shouldn't be in. <laughs> no. so That's all I can say.
3: Fantastic. <laughs> but if I write a recipe and it calls for, say, half a can of tomato paste, then I know that you're at home with another half a can of tomato paste. And what are you going to do with that? Yeah. Well, you're annoyed with me, right? right. Especially, yeah. and Then you're going right. to be really annoyed when in a month you're cleaning your fridge and you have to throw that out. Yeah. So I always use the whole can of tomato paste. Oh, okay. Always. <laughs> Listen, what's so wrong with adding another couple tablespoons yeah. full of tomato paste, right? It can't hurt. No, can't it hurt. can't hurt. Um, And so it's all those things. You don't want your reader to be annoyed. And you also want the reader to be able to reproduce the recipe and, like, easily, without having too many questions, without wondering, is it uncovered or covered? You know, if I poke the leg of the turkey, how am I going to know if it's done? So you want to sort of avoid all that stuff and give her or him all the answers right there in the words. I cooked the roast chicken out of uncomplicated the other
1: day, and um, Sunday night we had a delightful roast chicken. And what I appreciated was you said, not only did you say, you know, poke the leg, it's supposed to run clear, and then you went on to say... If you're if you're carving it and it looks like it's not done, here's how you cook it <laughs> to get to get it right. Because like you actually yeah. went through the, the next remedy and the, the remedy because people pulled the chickens out. Too well, soon. it happens
3: to me all the time. Yeah. Right. We yeah. have roast chicken probably once a week. Uh and yeah, there are those times when for whatever reason you're carving into it and you're like, uh oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So pop that cut that baby up, pop it back into the into the frying pan, put it back in the oven or turn on the stove, and you're good to go. That was a very Saved. thorough recipe. I have Never heard that. That is that is great. That's That's
2: real life cooking.
3: (laughs) (laughs) I won't tell you about the boyfriend who I forced to endure a meal. I'm going. Oh, I'm first. Of course, I always carve the chicken and then put it back in the sauce. (laughs) Yes, well, that's the chef's way. (laughs) He's not the guy who turned out to be my husband.
1: (laughs) He couldn't take it. Couldn't take the stress. He couldn't take it. That's so. Leon,
2: can I ask you a question about that? Because you've probably roasted a million chickens. A million chickens. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So. Is that how Claire's recipe is different? Because it has that practical. right. That
1: little bit, that little uh-huh. extra step at the end was super helpful. Because as it turned out, it was a little, I needed to there put it back go. in because I had defrosted the chicken. I think it was a little bit colder inside yeah. than normal. Yeah. And so the breast was cooked, but the legs needed a little extra. That's and it. so I noticed that step. And, and I wasn't, afraid. and that's it.
3: And it's a na- it's, it's a chicken, right? right. Like it's not going to be consistent. My chicken, to your chicken, to your chicken, yeah, right? Um, so you need to know those little things, and and not to panic when it happens. All right. Well, that's it.
1: the subtitle of your book, "Taking the Stress Out of Home Cooking." Yeah. Uh-huh. So I think it I think it works. Okay, I think it works. Okay, Julie, you we're gonna move into some actual like food stuff now. Ooh, Julie, yes, I have, have I have a question
0: because over the holidays, Claire, I'm gonna have a group, ages five to eighty so a big crowd I you know it's the holidays what would you recommend you know where you're gonna have you know where I have a wide age range
3: I want to please everybody and I and I don't want it complicated player well you alluded to it earlier Julie it is a roast ham I really think a roast ham is the solution to all of our holiday entertaining problems uh, you know um it's the thing with a roast ham is it's cooked when you buy it. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> you, you really, there is very little you can do to go wrong with the roast ham. So get a good ham from a good butcher. That's my kind of recommendation, one with a bone. Yeah. Um, so that's really good. And then a simple glaze on top if you want. And then what we do, yeah. we did this for my my son's first and second birthdays. We invited, of course, all our friends. He didn't have any friends right. when he was one. Um, and we have a big ham. And then you get amazing soft white buns. This is like my favorite treat for myself. Soft white buns, lots of soft butter condiments, and people can carve the ham. They can make a sandwich. You can have a salad alongside. If you've got gluten-free people, they can have the gluten-free bun. If you've got people who aren't eating carbs at all, they can just have the ham. Um, It's very casual. It's very grazy. And Grazy. Gra- crazy, right? It's not crazy. crazy like it's that. crazy. That's how
1: we describe our sister Sheila's eating habits. She's crazy. crazy. <laughs>
3: it's crazy. Well, she would love a ham. Yeah. And, and get the hugest one you can fit in your oven because, of course, ham leftovers are fantastic. The next day, the day uh-huh. after, the day after that. So that's the ultimate uncomplicated meal for many, whether it's uh, a child. Children love ham. An adult uh, or um, an older adult whose maybe teeth aren't working quite as well. Well,
1: that's a challenge.
3: Mm-hmm. It is. Yeah. It is, is we I mean yeah. I when tr- I think the soft buns
0: I mean that's a winner that's a winner <laughs> addition to I mean a ham is one thing that's you know a lot of people do that that's traditional but I think bringing the soft buns you know having the you know having the gluten free buns as well yeah. I mean, that could that could really work for my group. Thanks, for And then, Thanks, you know, if, yeah. aunt, if
3: Aunt So-and-So, you know, has a famous kale salad that she has to bring or, you know, So-and-So's potato salad, well, bring it. Add it to the buffet. No problem. Uh, you're good to go. And we did this a few weeks ago because uh, my husband was on call on a weekend. We were having friends over. I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm solo parenting and cleaning the house. And now I've got to entertain a huge family <laughs> with children who yeah. have, you know, picky tastes. So we did a ham and we did buns. It was fantastic. Everybody loved it. So no mac and cheese. You, you know, Did you need. Eat mac and cheese on the side of it, you know that? what? As much as I think mac and cheese is always a good backup, it is always. I know, I think so.
1: Uh, we didn't, they, I just didn't have time, so yeah, I was um, like, to heck with it, I'm just gonna do the ham. I think you're more generous too. In the if so and so needs to bring a kale salad, because that's Cause kind of would where I'd allow
3: that. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> Well, then you can have the I try <laughs> to be generous and
1: I resent the salad. If, it,
3: <laughs> if you bring it, you got to take it home. That's the rule. Oh. <laughs> oh, yes. That's a
1: good rule. Mm. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's a good rule. <laughs> what are some other just general tips for like an uncomplicated holiday entertaining thing?
3: For sure. You know, it, because this is the time when if you're going to get stressed out about entertaining or if you're going to entertain and you don't normally, this is the time when you're going to be doing it. So I always say you, uh, it sounds a bit weird, but you have to sort of think like a military general just for a minute um, and kind of go and do a bit of a backwards plan, like Mm -hmm. kind of a work-back plan. Sounds extremely boring. uh, But you get out your pen and paper, you plan the menu, and you plan the menu for the kitchen that you have. So don't have one thing that needs the oven at 450 degrees. The other thing needs 325 degrees if you only have one oven. Okay, that's going to make you crazy. So then you want to do either, I always say, uh, you know, either do something big like a ham or do something braised like a stew or something like that. You can do it in advance. All in advance, you just reheat it. Um, but you want to eliminate as much as possible anything that you have to do day of. Okay. So you kind of, I try to keep that to maybe two dishes to do day of. Uh, so that means something gets served at room temperature. Lots of stuff is made in advance. Something is just like open the, open the box of Marcona almonds and use that as the appetizer. <laughs> um, so you, you really need to kind of plan that, I find. And if you do that little bit of work in advance, then the day of, you're, Putting your, not exactly putting your feet up, let's be honest, but you're at least a little bit more able to be present and enjoy the moment.
1: That's true, because actually, as a guest, there's nothing more uncomfortable than being at a house where the hostess or host is running around. Oh my gosh. Cooking and it just, that stresses everybody out. It stresses
3: everybody out and it's it's totally contagious. So if they arrive and you're in a good place, Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, then it's going to be that much of a, a better party. And of course, I mean, this is where I get a little bit lushy gushy about life. It's like, you know, the best way to improve your happiness, reduce your stress, have a long, happy life is to have those connections, is to make those relationships and have that quality time together. So, you know, do it. Embrace it. You know, Claire, I followed your menu in the back. You have
1: some good menu suggestions. You know, so family winter dinner party. Oh, Uh, yeah. Birthday party. Family winter birthday party. Right. I I did that this weekend for my mother-in-law, who was turning 77. And we had some old people. So soft food is is excellent. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. It's excellent. You know, soft food. um, Yeah. uh, But I...
0: (laughs) There's no there's no shame in soft food. Listen, okay. No. okay? Yeah, no, soft food. A, it'll is it'll good. there'll be a
1: chapter in my next book. Yeah. I'm sure soft no, things. I mean when my parents were around we had some soft food issues. Yes, and we so did. So that's when I instituted the mashed potato bar oh for Christmas. Delightful. Eve. So yes. just mashed potatoes as the base and yeah. then all kinds of soft things that you could put on top. There's there's yeah. nothing wrong with it. It was a delicious, uh, delicious meal. A lot of it I made ahead, so that was Perfect. really nice. I'll put the photos. My photographer son was there, so he took some good photos. <laughs> it's fantastic. Every
3: kind of the pot roast I made. Oh, the pot roast! Poor old pot roast. It got such a bad reputation over the years, but oh my gosh, is it, it not delicious? Delicious. It is. Delicious. I would take
2: a pot roast over a ham any day. <laughs> okay, that, I accept that. <laughs> Just to put in that. the word for pot roast. Yes. I'm with you. Yeah. And
3: does it make the house smell Ugh. amazing? People walk in, they're like, oh, whatever I'm it home, is, I'm I'm loving it. Yeah. I'm yeah. Rel- I know, so yeah. good, so and you good. You can
1: make it the day before, and yes. then I made your gnocchi. Am I saying oh, that correctly or incorrectly?
3: <laughs> no. Gnocchi. Oh, yes, and you had a problem with my old cheddar.
1: Yeah, <laughs> what? Well, yeah, in your recipe it said old cheddar. I was like, what the heck what is that? Canadian? Does she mean I'm supposed to just? Literally, like leave it open <laughs> in the fridge,
0: <laughs> and it it's, dried what, up cheddar. What, What's that's good.
1: Find <laughs> in the back of your fridge. <laughs> you know, sometimes recipes call for stale bread. Like that's not okay, unusual. Okay, you know, leftover chicken. Right. Sure. So, but a old cheddar. cheddar that's I hilarious. I didn't even think. Of course, it's age.
3: Age cheddar. Well, now here's you've hit on a problem, which is, is what something that happens to recipe writers, which is in Canada, where I'm from, in the U S. and in Britain. There are kind of slightly different words for everything. So I nearly came to blows with my editor about the concept of what you would call heavy cream, oh. what we call whipping mm-hmm. cream, yeah. and what um, in England they call double cream. But in England, even it's still diff- slightly different. So we had to have, I don't know, four, maybe five conference calls about <laughs> what we were going to call this in the book. And because in Canada, when you go to buy it, it actually says 35% whipping cream. And in the U.S. it says heavy cream. Anyways, I so, don't even understand it in the U.S. I, I never uh, know what the half and half, whipping I know. cream, heavy cream, I don't know. So I was like, let's just go for the number, 35%, because that's going to be consistent no matter what the word is. Oh, well, anyway, we went around the houses <laughs> several times. So it is now the kind of slight mouthful, which is whipping Open parentheses thirty five percent close parentheses cream okay. <laughs> oh mm-hmm. oh my but gosh but wait the
1: old cheddar you just decided to go with old cheddar that's what no we call it well
3: that's what we call it so <laughs> I didn't I didn't know that it has a, another name aged yeah aged Here. cheddar and you I an
2: American translator
3: just I guess literally Obviously. didn't even occur to me I was like well I'm just gonna get good aged cheddar, cheddar cheese I oh don't know what gosh. old cheddar is okay <laughs> <But> next <laughs> next book it'll be old parentheses aged
1: <laughs> now I'm not a baker. Uh, oh. so I made the lemon custards. Yeah, oh. I don't think there's too much precision involved in measuring yeah. and stuff. <laughs> but were those lemon <laughs>
3: custards not the the bomb? They were delicious. Yeah. They're so
1: uh, easy. So easy. Ridiculously easy. I mean easy. I had to buy ramekins yes. so that, you know, was <laughs> It's okay, but now the whole I I think I they're ramekins. Called ramekins. Now there's a okay, world of desserts ramekins. open <laughs> to you now that you have ramekins. Yeah. Is it ramekins? I thought it was ramekins.
2: No, it's ramekins. Ram- it's, it's ramekins. But ramekins <laughs> sounds cute. It Sounds like the kitty
3: version. Yeah, yeah. it's there like the a bunnykins version yeah. of, of mac and cheese. And cheese. Yeah. I think
0: it's going to be a children's cartoon show. Yeah. The ramekins.
3: Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they all live in little overturned ramekins. Mm. See?
0: Adorable. Ah. <laughs> we don't say another so word, Claire. Here.
3: That's a good idea. <laughs> Business idea.
1: <laughs> now I'm looking for dishes that involve ramekins. So I'm like, I'm going to make. Now that I have these ramekins, I got to. I'll send. I'll send you some recipes. But um, another book concept. (laughs) So you're doing the soft foods book, Uh and then uh you're doing
2: the ramekins.
3: Yes. I got a lot of work to
1: do. (laughs) But I... I may go for this, Liz. Gingerbread Bunt Cake with Lemon Glaze. Wow, so Oh, so that awesome. sounds delicious. It's so
3: good. Do you have a Bunt pan? No. See, again, oh my gosh. I don't bake.
1: That's the. It's <laughs> right. a barrier to entry when you don't bake yeah. because when you think, I'm going to try that, you don't have any. Yes. Like last week in the house, I didn't even have sugar. I'm like, <gasps> oh my nah, god, I don't even have sugar. Oh Why? What do you put sugar in if you uh, don't bake? Nothing. Co-
3: so, coffee? I, no? Nope. Okay.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> but so I do need I need to get one of these fancy bunt pans.
3: Yes, now that the the picture in the book is of a particularly fancy bunt pan. Yeah. But yes. it, it, just the regular bunt pan is actually almost even better. But I want it to look like I know. That. So that's the Heritage <laughs> Bunt Pan. Um is made, it's an American company, like it's a fantastic pan. And my big tip with the bunt pans is you gotta get the Pam cookings a baking spray. Okay. So it's a spray, it comes out, it looks really thick, uh, and it it's got a little bit of flour right in it. And actually the people who make those Bunt Pans, Nordic wear, they're the ones who told me about it, that if you use that spray on the Bunt Pan, it's st- Falls just falls right out of the bunt pan. Perfect shape, never gets stuck, releases absolutely perfectly and then you have this gorgeous cake and it doesn't need frosting because it's already beautiful as it comes out of the pan. Yeah,
1: I think you've just changed the lives of many satellite sisters in the Midwest <laughs> who make a lot
3: of bunt cakes oh my with that
1: Pam Th- cooking spray. That
3: thing. baking spray is a game changer. <laughs> Liz, like, I'm going to put it on your Christmas list.
2: <laughs> it's a good stocking stuffer. I was going to
3: give you a bunt pan. Okay, okay great.
2: Okay. Okay. So. We're making connections here, people.
3: This is happening. I the
2: baking spray in your stocking. Yes. It's perfectly. <laughs> yeah. I mean I
1: love I think that may be worth it. Like I, I feel like I could achieve that. Mm-hmm. You most
3: definitely could. It Cause... is just like bowl and spoon. You don't need a mixer. Uh, See that I don't yeah. have a mixer yeah. so that's no. also,
1: right. <laughs> it's really <laughs> hard. Like is. you're like
3: oh forget it. I'll
1: just go buy the Bouche de Noel. Yeah. yeah. Am I pronouncing that correctly? You got yes that spot okay. on.
3: Spot on. <laughs> okay.
1: <laughs> It's so fun. Oh, we're we're going
0: to do a whole food show where Leon is just going to pronounce, <laughs> and I'll just fix everything. Foods. Yes, that's good.
3: <laughs> well, listen, that lemon pus- le- lemon custards was originally called lemon pot de creme. Oh. oh, yes. But I was like, I feel like pot de creme sounds too complicated. Let's yeah. just call it custards. It does. You know, yeah. it's
1: funny because when I served it, I said, "Well, it's called custard, but it's really a pot de creme." That <laughs> oh, is what I God. said to my family. <laughs> <laughs> so. Uh, it wasn't technically a birthday cake, but my mother-in-law brought her own dessert. That's
2: been- <laughs> oh, she's a serious baker. She's you a serious baker. Oh. So yeah, that's you why can't I'm- bake with your mother-in-law in the house. Oh, no, dear.
1: so that's she brought yeah. her own key lime cheesecake. So oh, well, uh, nothing. That's not too shabby. No, I know. No, yeah. she's a very serious baker. So <laughs> normally, again, it's but now I got the ramekins.
3: So yeah. there's no stuff. We're good to me. go. That can ah. be your sig- new signature dessert. <laughs> it is. The lemon pot de creme. <laughs>
1: it is. Um, all right. So your book, Uncomplicated, Taking the Stress Out of Home Cooking, it's available. How do, how do Satellite Sisters listeners get it?
3: So the probably the easiest way is through Amazon. Okay. And uh, you can uh, buy it there. You can review it there if you buy it and, yeah. and love it. Um, it's going to be in some bookstores. Uh, of course, it's all over Canada as well. <laughs> um, but probably the safest thing to do is just go to Amazon and uh, pick it up there. And what is your next book about? Well, the next book is obviously going to be called Complicated. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay.
0: I don't know easy No, it's going to be called. I was just kidding about uncomplicated. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
3: Yeah, precisely.
1: I, I I'm a big believer. If you have to wash extra pans, the taste will be worth it. That's what I. That's what I think. Oh, think right, it's worth
2: it. A few extra pans is always worth it. Which is why I dine at Leans. It's a good idea. Cooking at
3: home. That's a good idea. Claire. No, really. The the, the other tagline what for this book before we had the one it has on now was, uh, getting you too delicious with fewer dirty dishes. Oh. You see? So, yeah, I don't like being Whoa. left with a pile, a sink full of dirty dishes. It's no sometimes fun. Sometimes it's worth it, though. I know, but <laughs> if you can avoid it, wouldn't that be good, too? That's true. There you
1: That's are. true. That's true. Well, Claire, Claire can
0: I ask you, if, if there was one thing that you could tell all the home cooks, you know, uh, to add to their cooking, is there one simple t- uh, tip? Is it a spice? Is it lemon juice? Is it fresh herbs or <laughs> butter? more butter? It's, Anything... Um,
3: and anything that you would recommend well at the at the risk of uh, inciting the wrath of the satellite sisterhood I'm gonna say salt yeah uh-huh. uh, okay yeah so I you know I teach a lot of culinary classes and I find people are so afraid of salt um, because you know there's a lot of sodium issues in the world blood pressure that sort of stuff I'm telling you that the salt that you add To the real food that you make at home, that's not giving you high blood pressure. It's the packaged pizzas. It's the fast food. It's the stuff that comes out of cans. So salt is the difference between a dish tasting delicious and a dish tasting unforgettable. So next time you're wondering, what does this need? Lemon juice is great, but a sprinkle of salt might help you.
1: I have the same conversation with Sheila every time she comes to our house because she's like, because I finish with salt. But I don't. Cook with a lot of it. Sheila eats out a lot and she's always saying, Oh, you put salt on this? I was like, You <laughs> eat so much more salt <laughs> with the coffee bean and tea. Leaf. <laughs> and like, what do they always say on top chef? Not enough, Not enough salt. Like every like yeah. these are great chefs, they get dinged, like could he use salt. They said that this week. Some guy's ricotta. Could use more salt. There you go. All right, Claire, we have really enjoyed having you on. You have to go do some television appearances. I could stay all day. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we are so happy to have you here. This is a beautiful book. Thanks for sending to us, and it's great to meet you in person. You too. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah,
2: what a pleasure.
0: You really have the color of the year for us, don't you? This is big news. Pantone color of the year for 2019 is 16-1546 Living Coral. Now, but here's the reason I'm mentioning it. Wait till you hear what they say about Living Coral. This is a color that is animating and life-affirming. It has golden hues, undertones that energize and enlivens. This color is capable of connection and intimacy. It's sociable and it's spirited. It encourages lighthearted activity and it symbolizes our innate need for optimism and joyful pursuits and the desire for playful expression. Wow. Wow. 2019 wow. I, wow, is going to be right. a great year. <laughs> It's going to be a wonderful year, two thousand nineteen, and this they announce this, and it coincides with just great news about actual coral reefs, Liz, oh. in uh, in Australia that you know were ravaged by global warming in two thousand six mm-hmm. because of the heat level, you know, uh, that the global, you know, global warming had killed off many of the heat sensitive corals. But guess what? Scientists now are extremely excited about the natural selection that's going on and some of the corals a selection of the corals can handle the higher temperatures and they survived so i think the news about the real corals and the color coral are just it's very promising for 2019 okay good good way to kick off the year
1: yeah well you know when we come back um in the first show of 2019, we'll reveal our theme for the year. So maybe there's a coral theme theme. theme, theme. <laughs> okay, coral well, theme, it, theme I just
0: suggest you go out and paint everything coral because right. it is a beautiful color. Yes, it's authentic and uh, and it, it provides you nourishment and comfort and buoyancy. All good things. <laughs> buoyancy. I
2: like it. Buoyancy. You
0: should just go to Panton.com and <laughs> yeah. read about it. It's going to make you feel better.
2: We'll put a link in the show notes for everything Julie just read.
1: All right, entertaining sisters, I have a recommendation that works either as a book or a movie or a book-movie combo, okay? <laughs> oh, wow. So Good. if you really want to, you know, work hard, you can read the book and then see the movie, or you can see the movie, then read the book. Okay. But it is the book is called Dumplin' by Julie Murphy. It's a YA title, and uh-huh. uh, it's a really fun story, and I know... Don't roll your eyes at me, Liz, because I feel it coming. All right.
0: All about right, I think a, you're losing her. Okay. About a
1: teen beauty contest. Yeah. But it involves a great heroine that has a very positive body image, no matter what she looks like. It involves drag queens and it involves Dolly Parton. Oh. Okay. So that's the book Bingo. Dumpling. And that is a winning, <laughs> winning combination. So the book was a big hit. It's by Julie Murphy, published by Random House. So I got a copy of this. And then I watched the movie this weekend on Netflix. It just came out. It's a co-production by Jennifer Aniston and Dolly Parton.
2: Really? Jennifer
1: Aniston Ooh. is in it. It has an unbelievable Dolly Parton soundtrack. The girl who plays Willow Dean, our hero our heroine, uh-huh. is fantastic. The drag queens are great. I was a sobbing mess at the <laughs> end of this movie.
0: <laughs> okay. That's okay. what we
1: want out of our movies, Liam. It is. Just so if you have a if you have a daughter in high school or a son in high school and he's got some body image issues and you're just wondering how to talk to them or you want to make them feel good, this is a really body positive book, Dumpling by Julie Murphy. And then you can all sit down and watch the totally appropriate for most ages movie on Netflix. I could watch Jennifer Aniston do anything. I love her so much. I really am a big fan of hers. I just... She
2: should do more.
1: She should do more. But she did executive produce this, and she's starring in it, and she plays the beauty queen mom, the perfect beauty queen mom, who has a hard time relating to her daughter, who is less than perfect in her eyes, and they all come together over this, you know, teen pageant, and I thought, you know... Okay. Once you've seen Little Miss Sunshine, do you need to see another teen pageant movies? But this yes, is, this, you do. You do. Dumpling, it's <laughs> adorable. So I want to recommend both the book by Julie Murphy and uh, the movie on Netflix.
2: Sounds like I could lay on the floor and take that in you tonight could. or tomorrow. Uh, you
1: know what? Do it. <laughs> I mean, just the Dolly Parton music. Yeah, is I love Dolly worth Parton. It. Like if all your life lessons came from Dolly Parton, that would You'd also be fine, be fine too. Yes. You'd be t- Totally fine. All right, and then I want to preview next week. I got a chance to see an advanced screening of Jennifer Lopez's new movie, Second oh, Act. Oh, is it, Terrific. I mean, it's
2: terrific. You're to uh, I love Jennifer Lopez. I, 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 I do you, too. you can have your Jennifer Aniston. I'll take my Jennifer Lopez. She is underestimated, I think. I just love her. She is, and if you love her, you will love this movie because everything you love about her is all
1: in this movie. All the scenes. <laughs> oh, great. All and I'm going to break it down next week. Um, we are we we're going to be talking more about the movie next week and the concept of second acts. Like what would you do in the second part of your life if you got a chance, if you could kind of turn things around and make amends. Oh. So look this week on the Facebook group, I'll be posting a question to that effect. I haven't actually formulated the question yet, but <laughs> keep your eye on that Facebook group because it's coming. But the movie, I could tell you, is delightful. It opens December 19th. Circle it on your, on your calendar, Take Your Girlfriend's. Okay. It's really fun. I laugh out loud. I laughed out loud.
2: Really? Wow. And I I don't laugh out loud. You're a high standard. I am. Yes. I know. If you can
1: make Leah laugh, yeah. that's good. I cried at Dumpling. I laughed at Second Act. <laughs> I, I'm either losing it or these were good... <laughs> Good entertainment properties. That's it.
2: Okay. Another holiday recommendation we want to make is how to give your friends the gift of a podcast. You know, lots of you say, how can we help the Satellite Sisters? Or we just love podcasts, but maybe our friends are tired of hearing us (laughs) talk about podcasts all the time. So there is a new place for you to go to be able to give the gift of podcasts. It was created by Satellite Sister, Friend of the Pod, Gretchen Rubin, you know, she does the podcast Happier with her sister, Elizabeth Craft. Elizabeth Craft, then her alter ego, Liz Craft, <laughs> does the, the podcast Happier in Hollywood with her writing partner and best friend, uh, Sarah Fain. So Happier and Happier in Hollywood sort of put this together. And here's the thing. We're going to put the link in the show notes. And we'll also post it on the Facebook page in the Facebook group. But you go to giftofpodcast.com, and you can just download a PDF that really, it's so simple. You just fill in the name of your favorite podcast. You can decorate it. You can write anything else you want. And you're writing a gift certificate to friends of yours, and then you just roll it up. I say put a little bow around it. It's the perfect thing to pass out to your friends at the office, or put as a little stocking stuffer, or if you're just going to a Christmas party at your friends and you want to recommend some of your favorite shows. Uh, it's like the simplest way to do it. And Leon, you know that I was at first I thought that it was some high-techy kind of thing Great. where you and then I realized, oh no, you just print out the gift certificate and fill it in. So super easy to do. You can do it, people. And then the second page is a, uh, instructions about how to download and uh, subscribe to podcasts. So if you have friends who are really just just at the beginning of their podcast adventures, uh, super simple step-by-step instructions on how to do that. So it's giftofpodcast.com. This is the best way to share your favorite podcasts with your satellite sisters and misters. So, uh, so Julie... What would be if you were sharing? Let's let's start with Satellite Sisters, and then of course we love Happier and Happier in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. What mm-hmm. else would you put on a good list, Joel?
0: I have I have two. Uh, one is the History Chicks. I oh, love yeah. that. I love that podcast because it takes you somewhere where, you know, you you haven't been, or maybe you were but you've forgotten, or you maybe you knew <laughs> a little true. bit about a topic but not the way. Uh, you know, uh, you, there's a lot more to know. Yeah, and then the second podcast that I would recommend, and it's not just because you're my sister, is Safe for Work. Okay, this is Liz's other podcast that she does with Rico Galliano, and the thing I like about that show, Liz, is you know. Uh, my work I work in a closet so Uh it's not like I'm in an office or I but I learn something on your podcast every time I listen to it it makes me feel better it makes me want to do you know I think about human relations I think about being a better person uh, and I I, so hats off to you guys I really like those shows so one takes me away and one tries to make me a better person and I like that
1: Okay, Liam, how about you? Okay, I want to recommend The Frame. I've recommended this before. It's an arts and culture show that's Mm -hmm. produced by KPCC Radio here in Los Angeles. but the interviewer John Horan just does a fantastic job diving deep with creative types here in L. A. Uh, about everything. I just listened to a fascinating interview with the creators of Come From Away. Yes, me too. I Yeah, wasn't that great? Yeah. yeah, I just like made brought tears to my life. How, how about the one with Mark Ronson the other day about about writing Shallow? <laughs> yes. With- What it's like to work
2: with Lady Gaga uh, in the
1: studio? So there's no... He's not smarmy. He doesn't make jokes. There's no like complicated setup. It's just a really smart guy talking to really interesting people about their creative lives. I like it. It's called The Frame. And the second one is one I discovered before I was going to Rome last year, the Bittersweet Life podcast. Uh, It's hosted by two women, Katie and Tiffany. One's a former radio professional. But they were expats together in Rome for many years. And they like a lot of the same things I like. Classic <laughs> food. Talking to people. Do reading, they like
0: Mark Sapone? Leo? Reading
1: books. I'm sure they Mar- I'm sure they know don't how get to into that pronounce Marscapone, <laughs> Joel. I'm sure they do. It doesn't matter. So I like it. It's called The Bittersweet Life. They they talk to a lot of expats all over the world. If you have a fantasy about what it's like to live in Rome and, you know, be part of that culture, mm-hmm. it's great for you. Uh, I just really enjoy it. It is. It's relaxing. It's like two women talking about their experience. Uh, but at a higher level, they add a little production value and they get great guests, really interesting guests. So I want to recommend The Bittersweet Life podcast
2: okay well it's the season of sharing so we say share the sisters and share all of your favorite podcasts so you'll see the link in the show notes giftofpodcast.com for the uh downloadable gift or
1: okay we would like to thank our engineer Sergio Enriquez today for engineering the show we appreciate it Sergio he had to take out all the all the stuff we messed up today so if we... <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: sounds super smart uh not really not all of it not some really. of it is still in some of if still you've in. gotten
2: this far in the show you've heard <laughs> yes
1: <laughs> nothing like what I left in the Madam Secretary podcast the other day by mistake <laughs> A lot of dogs barking, and I just <laughs> I thought I had taken all of the issues
0: out. Your <laughs> dog is taking on the Balkans all by itself. Yep.
1: Okay. Yeah, that Madam Secretary podcast, we're still doing the recap. That is up. We would like to thank our sponsors for today's Satellite Sisters. We'd like to thank Harry's and Care.com. Brook Linen and Me Undies for their support of Satellite Sisters, and we'd like to thank you for supporting the people that support us. All right, uh, our to-do list now as we wind up this week. Julie, what do you have on your to-do list?
0: Okay, I hate to even mention this, but I have a slow-moving dishwasher di- disaster going on in my kitchen <laughs> yeah. that involves water buckling floors. Oh. So I believe that that is going to be on my to-do list for uh, for a bit. Oh
1: wow! Okay, good mm. luck with that. Yeah. Good luck with yeah. that. Liz, how about you?
2: I am visiting a dog ranch, land later in the week. Mm-hmm. You know, I may need some uh, dog care for Hooper in the event that I'm away for an extended period. So long-time listener, Kara Sundance, who you know, she's, you know, in the Satellite Sisterhood. She's a dog trainer, and her dogs are in, like, movies and television. Movies and television, yeah. yeah so I emailed, I emailed her and asked. I told her what I needed, asked for some recommendations, and she recommended a place to me that I should check out. So Hooper and I are going for a little, you know... Meet and greet? Meet and greet up, <laughs> up at the dog ranch on Friday just to, you know, see if
0: we okay. are remote, good we're... good luck cool with the interview. Way. I hope you
2: two get accepted.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah. It's like a, getting accepted to kindergarten here in Los Angeles. I know. It's I the closest be... I'm going to get to that I experience. think you should
0: dress up, Liz. Okay?
1: <laughs> and how about you? Liz, uh, this week marks the beginning of my own one-man-for-your-consideration uh, campaign. Oh. I'm just... For what? For A Star is Born. Oh. I just wanted to win all the Oscars. And I, you know, for many years I participated in boycotts of one. Yeah. But I realized maybe I should do something positive with my power. Uh-huh. And now I'm just mounting my own Oscar campaign for A Star is Born. Okay. I think.
2: The second position is it can't win enough awards. I just Just think
1: it should win all the awards. You know, (laughs) I'm sure there are other very fine movies out there, but I'm just tired of movies that are sort of well-meaning and tedious winning. (laughs) I want a lush, delicious movie to win all the awards. I can't think of any award it shouldn't win. So I thought, I'm just one woman but I can do a for your consideration campaign. There's no law that says I can't mount
2: my own campaign.
1: Be your own billboard, Liam. That's <laughs> <Do> it. <laughs> so that's it. Today, this week marks the opening okay. of we're my... launching
2: right here, yeah. right now. Like... Yeah, a Star Sport. FYC, <laughs> a Star Sport. As
1: they say here in Los Angeles, <laughs> FYC, a Star Sport. So that's it. Okay. All right, sisters, fun show. Great yeah. to be with you. Uh, Liz, good luck with the butt cheek Thank and everything. You Thank you yeah, so yeah, much. Yeah, feel better,
0: Liz, yeah.
2: <laughs>
1: Thoughts and prayers. <laughs> All right, Jill, good luck with the dishwasher. And don't forget, call your satellite system.